0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, this time we pray that you would work by your Spirit, that we would hear your word clearly, and that you would remove distractions from our hearts and minds, that you would speak, and that we would continually see where you have your Son, Jesus, as the center of things. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite commercials as a kid, and you'll probably recognize it as soon as the slide comes up on the screen. And I I don't really know why this is one of my favorite commercials as a kid, but it always was a Tootsie Pop commercial, right? The kid is enjoying his Tootsie Pop, but he was wondering how long it takes to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop. So he goes to the wise old owl, and wise old owl, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? And the owl says, one, two, three and bites into it and hands the kid back an empty Tootsie Pop stick. Now maybe I like it better as a dad because I've probably done that once or twice to my kids as I eat the candy that they've brought to me. Maybe. But it was this idea of what's at the center of it all. You see this parable that we hear today from Jesus is is an interesting one to look at. As we look at the outside of it, and start to remember where he is when he's speaking this and who he's speaking it to, and as we dig deeper and deeper and deeper into it to find what's at the center of this teaching. See, first off, he wasn't writing it to you or speaking it to you. He's speaking it to the Pharisees, the church leaders, the religious leaders of that day. Remember, this is a continued conversation and kind of the tail end of the conversation that started last week. It started when the chief priests and Pharisees came to Jesus in the middle of his teaching and asked him what authority he had to be doing all these things since the uh, triumphal reception and entry of uh, Jesus into Jerusalem when the people were praising him with loud hosannas and he was clearing the temple and healing people. And they were concerned and questioning him about where he was getting this authority. So their conversation continues today. So he's speaking directly at them about this parable. And I can only imagine them standing there going, huh, another parable? We already heard one and you already asked us questions about other stuff, so another parable? All right, what do you have to say, Jesus? So as he talks to them, he lays out a very familiar picture of how Scripture talks about God's creation, God's people, a vineyard a vineyard that is well cared for, a vineyard that is provided for, a vineyard that is brought to being by God's own hand. Now it's a little hard if we hear the Old Testament lesson and this one back to back because we start to kind of blend them together a little bit and even the imagery of the vines in the psalm play into that too. So let's be careful about which one we're dealing with here. Because this parable that Jesus is teaching has nothing to do with the bountifulness or the fruitfulness of the vineyard. It has everything to do with those who are caring for the vineyard, those who are overseeing the vineyard, working the vineyard, the ones that have their hands in the midst of the vineyard in the daily operation. And for that, Jesus is pointing directly at the Pharisees. So as he talks to them, he lays out pretty much the whole biblical narrative. From the beginning until the end about how God has planted this vineyard and taken care of this vineyard and sent people into this vineyard to speak his word and to let the vineyard tenants know how to care for things. Yet those whom the owner of the vineyard had sent aren't received well. They're killed, they're stoned, they're cast out. So the owner says, well, I'm going to send my son. Surely, they'll listen to him. And they, they had a different idea. said, so the son. Well, the son's the link in between the vineyard and the owner. See, if we get rid of the son, then maybe that vineyard will become ours. We can steal the inheritance. If we get rid of that son, if we take him out of the center of things, we can do what we want with the vineyard. We don't have to give up any of the fruit to somebody else. It becomes ours. We get to make the rules. We get to make the decisions. We get to own it all. So they took the son out of the vineyard and killed him. Remember again when this is being said. Remember again when Jesus is saying this. It's just a handful of days before Passover. It's just a handful of days before the leaders of the day are going to take Jesus outside the city walls. And kill him. because They need to silence his voice. He's getting in the way of things. He's trying to take this vineyard back to the owner. He's trying to take his people and this church back to God and do something on behalf of the vineyard. And the Pharisees are not liking it. And so it's a warning to them, especially in that moment. But it's also a warning to us, those who lead in the church, but also to all Christians as you lead in your home. How might we be taking Christ out of the center of things? And if so, we need to watch out for that. You see, because we're not the center of things. We're not the center of everything that God has going on. Jesus is. Jesus is the central point. Jesus is the central figure at the crucifixion, as he dies for our sins, he's the central figure. As he rises again from the dead, he's the central figure. He is the one that ties all of the church and all of creation to God. As he brings it back from the ownership of Satan, from the, from the corruption of sin, from everything that was pulling the creation away from the creator, Jesus dies and becomes the center of what redeems it and reconciles it back to his Father. Jesus needs to be at the center. There's a kids movie that I've loved watching with my kids from quite some time, well, maybe not that long ago, called Rise of the Guardians. And there's a moment at which the uh, St. Nicholas figure, Santa Claus figure, is talking to Jack Frost, and he keeps asking, Jack Frost, what's at your center? What drives you? What's at the center of things for you? And he does it with one of the Russian dolls, with all the little pieces that fit inside one another. And for himself, he finally gets to this little one in the beginning. He says the center is wonder for him in that character. What's our center? When you're baptism, Jesus placed himself at the center of everything for you. He placed himself as the center in your heart, as the center of faith, as the thing that sits As the driving force within your life to hold on to the promises of God in Christ, He places faith in Him at the center of everything that gives you your identity. You see, Christ is at the center. Again, not you or your will or your want at the center of things, but Christ and what He has done to claim that spot. And so as we go forward, with this, we start thinking about how we can speak to people and keep Christ at the center of things. How do we have conversations with people and keep Christ at the center of things? How do we love one another and keep Christ at the center of things? Because he's the whole thing that holds it together. He's the son that has the inheritance and gives it to you as a free gift. We don't have to get rid of them in order to get the inheritance and hold on to it and try and work our way into it. God gives it as a free gift through the Son. Through Christ, who has died and risen again to be the center of everything between creation and creator. For your good, for your benefit, for eternity. Christ stands at the center. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have done everything to hold your Son at the center, that at the times where we may try and work our way towards that center by our own means, we pray that you would, by your Spirit, point us back to Christ and his forgiveness and his death and his life and his resurrection and all that you have done for us through him. Hold on to us in that faith that you put in the center of our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name.